Hey y'all, welcome back to The Fallen Fruit. I am Stephanie Genese, Lynette Ramos, and I'm Catherine Urban. And today we are connecting with the almighty goddess Isis. So we'll be talking about her mythology, her power, her connection to some very familiar stories that we know here, and all of her glorious power and energy. So strap in. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Or strap up, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, God is also also known. Mm -hmm. So um, just to start off, I think one of the reasons that she um, is considered goddess Isis um, in general, most people know her by that, is because they say that um, the the Romans and the Greeks were really good at writing. And so there's more documentation and more record. Um, So even though she originated uh, in Kemet or pre-ancient Egypt, um, that's why she has that reference. So it's goddess Auset. A-U-S-E-T or S-A-S-E-T or Isis. Isis or Isis, right? Isis. So Mm -hmm. it's E-S-U-S, which sounds very familiarly like somebody else we know who's got a birthday coming. (laughs) It's Jesus, (laughs) y'all. Wow, I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. That's crazy. Isis, Jesus. Isis. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and I saw that to your point, like the, they didn't, the Greeks who started to create like the records and everything like that. Like they didn't have like the, um, like the verbal translation of the hieroglyphics. So the way that we call her today, Isis is like a translation error. Like we don't actually know. Yeah. She's known as the goddess of a thousand names or many names. So, um, I, I have, I'm really resonant and feel very connected with this goddess and she is known or at least she's taught me that she's like the mother of all mothers Mm -hmm. and so um what what my downloads have been is is that if we think about the primordial mother um what i was told is each of these goddesses whether we're looking at Aset or Gaia or Sophia, it's like a fractal of the the main energy. And that fractal broke off into these different cultures and basically are just carrying these codes or these frequencies and speaking in the language or resonant with each culture. So my belief is that it's just the mother, but it's the way that we can bring a personality to her or we can help to understand how to embody these energies. So, you know, what Isis is told me is she's the mother of all mothers yeah i mean there's a direct correlation between her and the virgin mary um and all these other goddesses yeah i've read that too and i think you're right and that's what makes because each goddess we've talked about they're such complex personalities so to speak or these like different stories in the the ways that they've had to maybe behave or react to the certain things that have happened to them. Like some of it has been very contradictory, but I think that just also speaks to the complexity of women in general. And so it making sense that it's just different pieces and parts of this bigger energy, the great mother. Um, I have a book that I got recently called the great mother and I haven't started it yet. It probably would have been wise to start it before this podcast. Uh, (laughs) But I'm yeah, it just talks about that energy throughout all these different cultures and different um, mythologies and religions and things of that nature. So I'm excited to to find out more. 
Yeah, it's definitely common to see <clears throat> the archetypes kind of repeat and reinvent themselves. Um, from what I understand of Isis is that she is often um, depicted with her son Horus on her lap in a similar way that Mother mm -hmm. Mary holds Jesus. And um, and they say that some of the, some of the statue... Um, the sculptures depicting her with Horus, like she's feeding him, she's breastfeeding him, or in a position to. Yeah, yeah, the Madonna and child, like, yeah. Yeah, and Horus and Jesus are both sun gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and they and they have the same birthday. They do, very, huh, that's, that's odd, right? And there's that death and rebirth, same kind of wavelength in the story as well. Yeah. 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 I think if I think if Christians um were a little bit more open-minded and just honored that look this is just a part of the story and and didn't want it to just be the only story, I think that we could all be more tolerant, right? Because each culture, each time in history has their story. And so I think that the the problem in my opinion is just that sometimes Christians think that oh we can't look at this story, even though it predates your story and most of your story parallels the previous story, it's it's the the negligence or the the resistance to even take into that part of history. So I think that if we just looked at it like, listen, this is what I resonate with. Like, let's you know, like so for example, my mother, she has a strong resonance with Mother Mary. No shock. That's just what her um, you know her family and all of that but it's just like they're not looking at what predates that yeah. and that it's like you said it's almost the exact same story yeah yeah i mean i resonate with mother mary as well like i think just because culturally growing up i saw her everywhere and that's what i loved about maybe the catholic faith that i grew up in was that there was such a strong emphasis on this you know, this feminine figure as opposed to it being all male dominated. Um, so I have obviously Mary everywhere in my house. But um, I think, yeah, same thing. It's like we pick this goddess or this part of the great mother energy that we resonate with as women or, you know, just even the costuming or the figuring of the part of us that resonates with that specific piece of the mother. But what in the end of the day, um, what we're all maybe worshiping or praying towards or working with is this bigger energy. Yeah. And we've talked <clears throat> a lot on the podcast about like the triple goddess and the different phases of womanhood. And really any person can go through these phases. It's just very distinctive in a woman's life. Um, but one, one archetype we haven't really deeply connected with in a very intentional way yet is this mother who's depicted with child like we've talked about Persephone and her mother Demeter and you know but we and we've we've talked a lot about um different um feminine archetypes but yeah I mean motherhood is a rite of passage that a lot of women go through and so why wouldn't she be someone that you want to connect with mother Mary or Isis or or we Otherwise. all have a mother that we right. pass through. Um, 
you know, women just being that portal in general. A creatrix. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And creating life very obviously, but also the other things like it, we create in our lives. And you don't have to go through that rite of passagehood of mother to know that these parts still exist in you. Maybe just because you're not creating an actual human. Um you are creating something throughout your life, creating the life that you want, creating through your art, creating through your work. Um, but yeah, there because when people get tarot readings too, like the empress will pop up and I'm like, so it could obviously mean like, you know, baby, real human mm-hmm. um, birthing. But it's also the birthing of an idea or a project or, you know, an ideology or something like that. Um, so even with men or, you know, male presenting folks like same thing totally. you still have part of this energy with you and you can work with it it's not just you know um sectioned off for like heterosexual women totally. who undergo you know birth and all that good stuff like we all have these aspects and these parts that live within us because men are part of the divine feminine yeah thing. we all have yin and yang and yep. the the motherhood phase is parallel to the full moon and mm-hmm. we all get full moon periods in our lives um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's cool to be connecting with an archetype though, um, who is often presented with, with a child. Um, yeah. yeah. And they said that she was, or is considered one of the most famous goddesses is because she is kind of like that multidimensional image, you know? So, you know, she's associated with fertility and, you know, like you said, the mother and the nurturing aspect, but also uh, avenge the death of her twin flame. Um, so she is able, to, she's uh, identifiable and that she is able, depending upon what life brings to her, to adapt. So in one moment, she's breastfeeding her, her baby and she's nurturing and she's teaching women how to, to be a better mother. Um, then there may be another situation where she may have to use magic and she's used trickery uh, to be able to complete some of her magic. So she's really all encompassing. She has a lot of different layers and that's why so many people identify with her. And interestingly, when I do research about her, there are several men who consider her to be like their patron goddess. So it's interesting how in my research, she's the one I think that men are most connected with, or I feel like she's kind of beckoned them or called them because when I was first um, brought, like connected with Isis and I was going to get her, her Oracle cards, I kind of just ignored it for a while. Like I was just like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'll get them. But she was presenting me with all of these synchronicities that were making me, it was clear to me that I had to connect with her and that she wanted to connect with me. It was almost like she's helping me to restore a part of myself so that I can come forward. So I think she's very active. That's interesting you use the word restore Mm because in one of her more prominent myths, she's restoring, as you mentioned, her husband. And maybe that's one reason that so many can relate with her is that she has suffered. She has grieved and, you know, had to put the pieces of her life back together in a way. And then Mm -hmm. her story continues. But maybe we should share a little bit about that story. Yeah. Um, I know... And I'm not going to get this entirely scholarly correct, so forgive me, Um, (laughs) y'all. But she is one of 
there was seven of them children five or five or seven maybe five um of the god the god geb and newt geb and newt that's right um and horus not horus osiris 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 (laughs) y'all were like steph you tell the story and i'm like okay (laughs) um osiris that was her brother also her husband back in the day that was not creepy or weird that's how they kept like lineage and thrones and riches within certain families. Yeah. And I just want to input there is that um, an Egyptologist made the distinction that um, in that era, it was well known that people referred, it's almost like referring to your twin flame. It was a, a sign of affection. So it doesn't mean like incest necessarily. It means that there's this devotion, this purity and love twin flame experience. And that's why they called it like the 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 sister brother mm-hmm. oh okay interesting yeah huh well i mean technically they weren't you know real real people anyway so <laughs> that's arguable that's arguable is. they might they might have been yeah and even then but get, all right anyway <laughs> um so they're doing their thing they're ruling getting it done uh and set becomes very envious of this and Set wants to um, procure the throne. So what does Set do? Kidnaps Osiris and chops him up into a lot of pieces. Very gruesome. Uh, and puts those pieces all over the place, scatters them so that they cannot be found and cannot be put back together. Because apparently you can put back people back together. Uh, <laughs> don't try this at home, kids. But Isis obviously very uh, upset by this, does, needs to go find all the pieces and she sets off to find all the pieces. Is this where she um, talks to, is she, so she utilizes her magic. She has mm-hmm. magic in her. Um, she is a goddess of magic and a goddess amongst other things. Um, but she uses her magic to find the pieces, to put them all back together. And then when does this, uh, when does the fun part of the story pick up? Okay. Well, <laughs> so one of the, there's a lot of kind of different variations on the story, but one of the key pieces is that the the one piece that she needs most, the phallus, yes. is kind of MIA. And at some point she calls on, the sun god Ra mm-hmm. to help her find um, pieces of her husband, including um, the phallus. And this actually echoes in our Persephone myth. Cause again, Demeter called on her, uh, called on Hecate mm-hmm. to help her find Persephone here. Isis is calling on Nephtes, Seth's wife, to help her find. And in both stories, they call on the sun god mm. to locate. So this is where the, the magic comes in. Yeah, because they said that um, potentially like a fish uh, or some sort of sea creature <laughs> yeah. devoured the, the phallus or the penis. So that's why like fish isn't a big staple in Egyptian or an ancient, I think. An ancient. I don't know about today. Yeah. I think more so today, but it's still not a big, big part. Like, even with my ex-husband's family, they were Egyptian. No. Oh, they, really? Fish wasn't all like that. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, because so we read that because the fish ate the phallus in the water and they couldn't get the original, that Isis had to 
reconstruct it, like bring her husband's penis back to life. And so she used magic to do that. Um, But yeah, that's, that was a reason why people didn't want to eat fish. Hmm. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you knew that it was like, I don't know, they eat dicks. Like, I don't know if I want to eat fish. (laughs) Something we read. Yeah. 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 So she used a golden phallus. So I guess there was a point in the story where she basically, she put him all together with the exception of the phallus, used the golden phallus, which uh, I guess gold is used to like um, harness energy. And so they say that even though she used magic and this golden phallus, that she was still considered a virgin. So her son Horus was conceived. She Using was still the a virgin. Golden phallus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. like a virgin, a virgin birth. A virgin yes. birth. To Sounds a familiar. God, to again. A sun does God. sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and um, the ancients, like the word virgin, how we understand it today, means that. It's someone who hasn't had sex, but to the ancients, virgin meant something a little bit different. It meant autonomous woman. So here we have Isis, similar with Mother Mary, who conceived without the help of a man. In other words, she is creating with unassisted. So she is basically autonomous and cultivated. And there are some versions of even the Mother Mary story that she was in like a women's cult where she was just like harnessing her spiritual energy and able to conceive without a man. Mm -hmm. And that she came from a lineage of women that could do that. And that Mm -hmm. she too was conceived of virgin birth. So if you're a priestess, you're not married, you're cultivated, or you have a talent or skill that can provide for you and you don't need to be married, that would make you a virgin. So I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. I'm a hey. <laughs> and got my virginity sense. back. <laughs> Congratulations. That wipes away like I don't know, like 18 years of just like <laughs> hey, I'm a virgin. <laughs> Anybody I meet from now on, I'm like, so I hate to break it to you, but I'm a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind my biological children. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I conceive them in the most ISIS of ways. <laughs> Is that why I'm not married yet? Yes. <laughs> You're like, a priestess. You can't be married. Well, I'd like to reinvent what that means. <laughs> I'd like to include marriage. You can have some like, um, what are they called? Like concubines or something. Ah, male. I don't know if it's the same term. Okay. Yeah. Well, even if you're married, you could still, you know, if your bills are separate, if yeah, you're yeah, totally yeah, capable. Yeah. If, what if, What about if you're supporting your husband? Yeah. Could you still be a virgin? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, there's a lot of, you know, mystery. You know, when you talked about, you know, this lineage of, of women, you know, they say that ISIS had a cult, you know, um, mm-hmm. that people were a part of. But, you know, a lot of it, a lot of what was taught is speculation because it was a mystery school. It was very private. You had to be initiated in. Um, so even in my research, a lot of this is women or people channeling information. So yes, there is some mythology to it, but I noticed that uh, compared to a lot of other goddesses, there was more channeled information. So I feel like 
the goddess is asking for us to connect with her individually. So for example, when I channel her, I try to ask her specific questions about like, I want my logical mind on board. Like, give me some facts, Mm -hmm. give me something that I can validate, but she doesn't want to give me that. Like, it's almost like she doesn't care about that information. It's like the message that would always come through to me is like, it's she knows that the the mother factor is um, difficult for many of us. So whether you have your mother or not, whether you had a, a relationship with her that was great or not, it's like she wants to let you know that she's here and that all you have to do is call for her. And so that can be in, in however you view the great mother. But it's really this call that she's wanting people to connect with her. Um, there's something there for each of us, but it's it's going to be unique, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, woman of many gifts. So, yeah, also somewhere in that story, she uses magic also because she has to ask Ra for his, in order to make this spell happen, she needs his secret name. Yeah. Right? I have, I can read a little bit here. Um, You'll like, the, there's a snake that's part of this Ooh. story. Yeah, hit me. So, um, okay, so it says, she became the most powerful gods and goddesses in ancient Egypt a throne originally held by the sun god Ra. Ra depicted as the uncaring god caused great suffering to the people during his reign. Aware of this, Isis, being the people's goddess who helped her people in many ways, devised a plan to usurp the throne. She mixed some of Ra's saliva with mud and created a very poisonous snake. The snake snake bit Ra that caused him great pain and suffering. Isis covered offered a cure for his predicament to which Rai eventually agreed. Isis told him that she would need his true name to perform the ritual. Reluctant at first, Ra gave in, and as the goddess was performing her magic, she uttered his true name. Ra was healed, yet the power over life and death was transferred to the goddess, making her the most powerful of them all. The great power was used to the benefit of the people. And I think that that's something that we've talked a lot about on this podcast in terms of how do we integrate the the shadow or or the dark side? So she used trickery. So someone may say that's not good, that's not right, but she did it for the greater good. So she had to use a, a more cunning side to her to basically. So she, so for example, women when it comes to let's say women and men, we can't overpower them physically. So we had to use our intuitive nature. We had to be cunning. We had to be sly and that's what she did um but she did that what maybe somebody would consider bad but to take someone out of power so that she can reign and lead the people to you know in a better way it's her dark goddess energy yeah she wasn't afraid to use it no yeah and and i like this idea of a secret name you know like in a lot of the mystery schools and how we don't have the exact information because it was sacred it was passed down it was an honor to be able to be initiated and to have the knowledge and so having a secret name is something that you still find traces of in the ancient world um in the gnostic texts in the gnostic bibles there's like a gospel of god and there anyways i've i can't remember specifically but there are um references to the secret name of god other places and Mm -hmm. i believe in the in the uh gnostic texts um that were basically stashed in an urn in 
uncovered in the 1950s, the Nag Hammadi texts, those are basically like what you would consider the more liberal Christian gospels, like the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, um, etc. Um, what survives today as modern Christianity, it was more orthodox, more conservative, um, more like men should have the power type thing. But anyways, there is ancient reference of like secret names of deities. And so that's, I think, one reason why a lot of people will adopt like a, a spiritual name or have secret spells or just like secrecy. And because um, when you, when less people know, it's almost more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even when I've seen, talking about like secrecy and things like that, there's a lot of people who do like on social media and stuff like post, you know, their altars and their spell work and things like that, which I do think is beneficial to obviously people who are looking to like start their own practice or to follow that path Um, because we need some reference points, I guess, and things like that. But I always tell people like don't get so caught up um, because the most powerful magic is happening behind the scenes. Like when, you know, I do some like sometimes we'll share little portions or something like that of like a regular altar like nothing too crazy but when I'm like deep in like real intentional spirit work like that's between me and like the universe oh yeah Um, I I never post that stuff yeah I mean and people see each their own for sure Mm -hmm. but I always tell people like don't get so caught up on like oh but they had this on their altar they work with this tool or you know like the commodification of spirituality Mm -hmm. is kind of a slippery slope right now Mm -hmm. um and even you know working in that field like people are how many times should I get a tarot reading it's like well the business person in me is like I mean every couple days you know (laughs) or once a week but I always tell people I'm like whenever it feels right to you like I also I'm not trying to get you across from me all the time just to like get money from you like this is a real legit thing like I think it needs to be handled in that way and so trying to you know, I tell people, follow your intuition with everything, even with your magic. It doesn't have to look like what this, you know, 30,000 followers, which on Instagram is posting. Like you got herbs in your spice cabinet. You could probably get a candle from anywhere if you don't already have one. A like a candle. Yeah. Li- <laughs> literally like yeah. any all, literally all you need is you, mm-hmm. uh, you and like your int- your intention. Um, behind it if you're just outside like saying what you intend to manifest and speaking it out into the the sky like and your intention is so deep and so pure there's a lot of power and magic there you don't need fancy crystals and tools and singing bowls i mean isis just had some saliva and some mud listen (laughs) yeah everybody got saliva everybody got mud (laughs) there you go that's all you need Yeah, we actually, um, I think this is a good segue. We actually pulled uh, from the Isis Oracle deck before we started. And um, the card that we pulled was power over seven scorpions, power to conjure lower vibrational forces. So just to talk a little bit about that, I think that that can mean a little bit of, there's two things that come up for me. First of all, um, 
our lower vibrational forces can mean our emotions. So if we think about like the root chakra, the sacral, the power or the solar plexus is like where we may carry our worry or our fear or our the, our sexuality that we're not able to like work with in a healthy way. It's like we can use our traumas to strengthen us. So this is to me, this is about how can we use the things that have kept us, let's say, um, blocked or held back. How can we use that to really build our power? So it's like we have the power to use anything. So a, a, a magician, a witch, um, an alchemist can take anything and create beauty from it. So no matter how much we're damaged or how much trauma we have, it doesn't matter. We can create something from that. So I think that that's what Isis is trying to tell us. And I also think that, uh, and this is debatable, but the more you grow your light, the more powerful you become, you're, you could, you're more visible to the opposing energy. So this is not something to be afraid of, but this is just something to keep in mind that there's always going to be contrast and duality here. It's not just all love and light. So um, as we grow, we're going to be, we're, we're going to have some other experiences with things that may be opposing us or against us. And we just have to, again, learn from those things and use those things uh, and not be caught up in it. Like everything is against us. But I think this is just saying that use whatever is happening to you use it to your growth or your benefit yeah i think even in those moments of feeling like we're at quote unquote rock bottom or that we're at the bottom or facing our shadow you know in a very intense way there's a lot of power and momentum and energy there too even though you know we may feel out of it or even more so like tired that state of like depression that will also lead you to feeling fatigued and things like that like there's energy there too even if you know all you can do is lie in bed just whispering affirmations to yourself or prayers to the universe or something that you just want to get kind of stuck in your head like your mantras um again Lots of power there. So just because you may not be feeling like, oh, I can, you know, really do this great uh, spell work and I have all this light in my life to propel me like there is uh, lots of energy in darkness as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. Mm -hmm. And I think like. I mean, if you're going to do the work to raise your vibration and try to be a brighter light, like you're going to be tested, you are going to be. And so we live in a dualistic universe or not universe, but earth is, is duality. And so there's always going to be balance. So even if you, it might be trying to create balance at the same time in your life, or maybe there's periods that are really kind of darker and then there's periods that are a lot more victorious for you but there's always going to be that sense of balance somewhere in your life and um yeah the other thing that kind of comes to mind with this card too is kind of with that story that Lynette was saying that like you know the these lower forces are a part of the a part of the game mm -hmm. you know and so she used it to her advantage like you're a human being like I know a lot of people who are trying to ascend and trying to like live their life in 5d and that sounds freaking fantastic yeah. but like you know we're human for a reason and so 
you know, your ego is not something that you want to get rid of completely, but it's something that you want to use as a tool to serve your highest growth. And so Isis in the story, she's able to use trickery to for gain, to, to improve her life. And so, you know, sometimes you have to kind of manipulate the elements or the forces um, to get out of a situation and into the next level. Yeah, I think that's powerful for our shadow as well. I think when we did our little um, interview episodes and I think you guys were asking me about my shadow or something and I was like, oh, I tend to like manipulate situations to get results I want. And I think a lot of us operate in that way, but we're told that that's bad, that that's, you know, um, but you manipulation doesn't have to be bad or that sense of like trickery like Isis used it for the betterment of the people like yes she bettered her own life story but then that um you know kind of went out into the kingdom and things like that um so don't don't shy away from (laughs) doing what you have to do to set things right to make things happen and the gods in I know in like ancient uh Greece that's where I have the most knowledge of of um, deities and whatnot, but they would play tricks on each other all the time. And Mercury is literally the deity of mischief Mm -hmm. and trickery. And so I think it's more of a product that we think that it's bad to use these things um, because of how we've grown up. Like it's the devil, you know? And so I think that there's a time and place Mm -hmm. for that kind of strategy and it's like where's your heart where are you coming from in that and that's where we get to choose yeah yeah but um it also brings up the scorpions which i kind of want (laughs) to take advantage of this segue so we see this story of isis and horus and osiris and set in the constellations so when orion rises in the sky Orion, we know is Orion, Orion's belt, the hunter and everything, but it's Osiris. Mm. And then it kind of turns into Horus because the archetype changes, you know. So when Orion rises in the sky, Scorpio is setting. Oh. So scorpions were kind of set to Horus, like to attack him and everything like that um, by set. So it's kind of like this dance of um, of of these two deities. And then we also see Isis. We see her as the Virgo constellation, as the Virgin. And um, there's also been correlations of her with Sirius, the dog star, because that is like a very, very important star in ancient Egypt. And every year in ancient times that Sirius would rise it's different now because of procession but uh the Nile would flood and also the Nile doesn't flood today because they have technology that prevents that but as Lynette said like Ra was kind of destructive in those days the summer months um you risk things like famine Mm -hmm. because too much dryness too much sun it's destructive it threatens the life but when the Nile would flood it was seen as either Isis's tears mm-hmm. 
or the fertility of the golden penis. Oh, I didn't hear oh. that part. I heard that. I heard of the tears. But yeah. I didn't hear about the other aspect. Yeah, I heard. I've I heard like both. the second story better. Yeah. yeah, similar to how Venus was born of like the foam. I don't know. There's just like that oh. foamy, overflowing White. river. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, it was seen as like when when the Nile would do that, it was seen as like oh, the waters are here. Um. So there's um, correlation there as well. And yeah, and the Egyptians had a very rich relationship with the heavens and they were an agricultural society. They were a very technologically advanced society mm-hmm. and they had a very complex uh, system of astrology and we use a lot of it still today. Hmm. The Greeks got a lot from the Egyptians. Yeah, I f- it feels like a lot of cultures have gotten a lot from the Egyptians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like I, thinking about um, in that aspect too, going back to that story of her like finding all the pieces and things like that, um, and different cultures. I know that there is a part of Judaism that believes you know we as humans are here to like pick up these pieces to put like the world back together because it feels very apart and um you know duality yeah even when thinking about like geography so at one time allegedly all of the countries were together in this one pangea and we are all existing as one type of um species and now Obviously, there's the difference. There's all the rifts. We've put even more rifts and separation um, in our way as humans. So I think a lot of the story, too, kind of talks about that in that way. Like, there's such a separation. And looking to the magic and you know, spirituality to bring us back together, to set our minds to be like, okay, we're here to do this work. You know, we're here to cultivate and tend to the planet which i think we've also gotten away from um which is why now mother earth is essentially like revolting against us with climate change and all types of different things um even politically and i find it really really um fishy i'll use the word fishy (laughs) for this one uh that this terrorist quote-unquote organization Um, that the U.S. has been combating or whatever is called ISIS, right? Um, I And you said something, Catherine, about we're the only country that uses the word ISIS. Yeah, there's another name that they refer to themselves as. Mm -hmm. And um, the rest of the world kind of follows suit. But the United States kind of created this name that bastardizes a great goddess. Yeah. And yeah, to seen it as evil. Yeah, because she is, I think, more than anything, and this is my opinion, um, (laughs) that the sense this like patriarchy that we all keep talking about, like, yes, they're trying to keep us very separated from our power, from the divine mother. That's, you know, the Christian crusades and all that. And when things took that turn of being more um, male dominated and male ruled is they're keeping us in separate pieces from really our power and honoring the divine feminine within us. And I think the naming of this organization that, again, this is my opinion, I don't think is real. I'm just saying. 
who's ISIS's videographer that CNN, Fox News, all these places keep getting video of a bunch of people. I'd like who who set this up? <laughs> like, I don't know. To me, they look like a bunch of actors. I'm pretty sure they're all just a bunch of Puerto Ricans and Dominicans from the Bronx. And they just <laughs> took them out to like Palm Springs and were like, all right, we're going to make this video. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you can, that's fine. Quote me, whatever. To create fear. To, <laughs> to create, create fear, to create division, to create separateness. Like they want, the minute that we all realize, like all of these religions are after the same thing anyway. At the end of the day, what do we all want? We just want to be happy. We want to be taken care of. We want our family to be okay. Uh, we want the government to kind of help us, like for the people. Remember that? That was supposed to be the thing. Uh, for all people, I, somebody said that. Apparently they didn't mean it, whatever. But we have to like rectify that. And I think once people start getting into this like sense of oneness and this sense of like, it's our job to put all the pieces back together, then this division is just gonna keep taking us further and further back until, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's another assault on the mother. Yeah. Um, there was even actually I have a, a news article right here from CNN and they're breaking down, you know, how the acronyms like why why it's even used. So some people use ISIL, I-S-I-L. It's based on the region of uh, that these people are looking to conquer or to manage. So you're right. Um, there are small groups that are using ISIS, but because it's so pushed in the mainstream people that's what they know and even you know businesses that have used the word isis but more linked to the mother you know they've been getting vandalized and broken into and so it's sad that some of these companies or some of these uh, organizations have even considered changing their name um because of these assaults and they have nothing to do with obviously with this terrorist organization if in fact it is one yeah. um so it's i think it's just another assault on on the mother on yeah. the on the mother energy. you google isis and the first thing that comes up is cnn articles fox news articles mm -hmm. this that and the other like how if isis the goddess is more prevalent more known around the world has been around way longer why is that the like you have to put isis goddess to get yeah, so it's it's what's in a name and yeah. we hear this in her myth too. the power of a name I mm -hmm. mean do you think this company Google is fucking huge because they name themselves after an infinite number <laughs> that's why why do you think uber call themselves uber you know it's it's really about choosing a name and that's why you see even these Chinese restaurants get it because they call themselves like prosperity happiness you know you see you see that yeah, yeah. Be, and and I could think of a bunch of other examples but why do you think Google is more popular than Yahoo you know what I mean it's mm -hmm. it's it's a more powerful name mm -hmm. um that yeah so that's that's what they're doing here is they're changing the name and you know something that we see a lot of in in uh advertising is like branding and mm -hmm. and trump like he does it all the time he just like brands people and situations and it and people like respond to that and so that's what they're doing basically yeah is they're changing the vibration and there's been a lot of um comparisons more recently as magic has gotten more popular but even if you look at our english language like what do you do when you when you um spell it out you're creating a spell right. mm -hmm. you're spelling and uh you know the very first phrase in the bible says there was the word 
because the word is a vibration. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they're doing is they're changing a vibration from something very powerful and nourishing to something that is creating fear. Mm -hmm. And so it brings us back to how can we use that? So it's like, first of all, it's the knowledge of it. It's, it's kind of the knowledge and we, we know what's happening. We know there's something going on. And I think that the best, one of the best things we can do is just remember our own power and to remember to, you know, as the card says, to conjure these lower vibrational forces. It's like we can use the, these injustices and, and our anger to further ourselves and to, you know, be in a more unified state. Like how can we support each other more? How can we step into our own healing? Because that's really what we can do. Yes, we can do things communally, but we have to start with ourselves first. And so it's like, we have to, men and women, we have to do our own magic on ourselves, you know, and we have to transmute these energies that are happening. Um, Otherwise the fear will just take over. Yeah, because that's the other thing that that card brought up when you pulled it is like we do have the power to create and we need to be aware that sometimes we are conjuring things that aren't serving us just by where we're directing our attention, the content that we're reading, who we're around. Mm -hmm. You know, I know personally, I am a lot happier of a person when I'm around people who inspire me and people who make me feel good. And so we have to sometimes check ourselves like, you know, what am I conjuring? What am I creating? And I think the fact that talking about scorpion here um obviously very intentional but we know that within the zodiac like scorpio is one of the most powerful signs because it has the ability to create as well as destroy um and when we kind of embody that power and i think another thing too with like wording and stuff like even with these astrology memes yada yada like the fact that like scorpios get such a a rough you know, beat down maybe um, about the ways they are or this, that, and the other thing. Or, you know, you hear like, ooh, somebody's a Scorpio. Um, I love Scorpio, man. It's just because I have a bunch of it in my chart. But <laughs> um, I, I think when we kind of realize that there's a lot of power in the ability to create and destroy within your own life, like, yes, I want more of this. I'm going to create space for more of this this does not serve me. This is toxic to my growth. Let me expel it. Let me get rid of it. And I don't think people are exercising that power enough in their life. They're kind of just letting whatever happens fall into their lap. They get in that mind frame of like victimhood. So yeah, it's just time for us to be more accountable. You know, we're all just doing our very best to, you know, they say you create your own reality. We're co-creating. So it doesn't mean, you know, we're kind of, it's all weaved in, but yeah, it's just doing a lot of self inventory, you know, to your point about, you know, how do I feel Our there's a lot of power in our emotions. And, you know, we've been taught that our emotions are wishy-washy and don't, don't believe them. They're going to lead you astray, but it's really just learning more about your emotional nature because they say our emotions are like our, um, our navigation system um so it's just about us learning how to use them how do you feel when you hear a story how do you feel it's like using our own discernment um and and being really cautious about what we're allowing in so yeah we do have a lot of power if we didn't have a lot of power we wouldn't be people would not be trying to control us or assault us um so the the humans they even say even when we look at things galactically like the people that are on this earth today it's like 
people are or other beings are looking at us as we're living through these huge transformational times and saying these people are down here in the trenches you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like you know a lot of other beings they say don't have to deal with emotions so even though emotions can be some of the most difficult things to manage um, but it shows our power we're spiritual beings but we also have the ability to maneuver in this very dense reality so even though sometimes we feel like we're being kicked around we're really powerful beings and even if we don't feel like we're doing perfectly we're we're doing awesome because there's a lot out there um so yeah we just have to be accountable do our very best and just be careful um with who we're around and, and what we allow in our life yeah you can use your emotions to propel you to motivate you i tell this to a lot of people in like tarot readings and things like yes you know anger some people of the love and light community or anger doesn't serve you like you know no anger we don't do anger it's like anger is powerful there's so much energy that just accumulates within your body when you're angry so how can you use that right to do something better than opposed to you know and pretending it's not there doesn't make it go away either yeah you don't move on you don't get over it's like you move through Mm -hmm. you get through it yeah and they say powers more um it's better to be in anger than it is shame or guilt those are those are the vibrations that keep us really really low but if we're angry it's almost like no fuck this we're tired of this you Mm -hmm. want change so even though maybe there's something in your life that is challenging you but you at least have that presence of mind to say no like i am not dealing with this anymore and i'm not maybe sure how i'm going to manage this or how i'm going to get through but i'm tired and that anger will propel you into that next phase yeah Yeah. anger is often a critical stage in acceptance too because a lot of times when you are trying to take the higher road and you make excuses and you say I'm just going to keep showing up and keep loving anyway a lot of times when you're not allowing yourself to feel these quote lower vibrations you're robbing yourself of the ability to kind of claim and make your own distinctions of what's appropriate for you and what's not and so anger can actually the 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 thing is is that it can it's an emotion that we all are capable of possessing the only thing is is that you don't want to hold it for too long but it's important to embrace it when it comes up so that it doesn't like keep coming up later or sabotaging because when you don't embody something that is there it gets projected and it keeps showing up so when you're owning it you're controlling it Mm -hmm. to a greater degree and you can ask questions a lot of times when we get to anger and we're like well why am i angry in many cases it's because we feel sad you know we feel betrayed so uh, anger if you if you ask the right questions you can really get to the root of it you know like what is it that i'm really feeling and anger can protect us from that vulnerability that we have and it's okay like she says it's like that process but you can just do some self-inventory around it um use your you know like uh the other day i gave one of my clients a black seven day candle so it's like how can we use maybe even candle magic to help to transmute this so you know every night you can light your candle and you can write 
and you can, you know, write out, you know, what it is that I'm feeling or why am I angry? Who were the players involved? So just keep doing your deep diving and the fire energy and the candle can help you to transmute that. And it really, for me, has shown me that I can help you move this energy. So it's not something that'll happen necessarily immediately, but if you do some sort of ritual every single day, you'll find that when you look back, that, that helped you to transmute, to help you to move through it. Yeah. Like you said, anger is proceeding like wanting change or wanting something to change, even if it's that feeling of anger. Um, so how can we transform things? It's like by doing something about it. Um, like I've told people before, I'm like, you're angry. Like even if you're all you're writing down on a piece of paper is like, fuck you, fuck you like a hundred times. Um, but then I'll tell them like burn it on a candle or something like that. So that way that energy is now out of the body at least. And the universe can do with it because the universe has abilities to transform energy in just a deeper way. Mm -hmm. And you know, things of that nature. So sometimes if we don't know necessarily what to do with it, Mm -hmm. at least kind of like trust and surrender in the process and of your own process of getting it out. What's I can't, I always mispronounce this name, but Hopa Ono Ono. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. That is a really powerful process. It's the, the, the prayer is I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And I remember there was one night where I was going through something really intense and I couldn't really sleep. And every time I would wake up, I would just recite that because usually when there's a situation that's calling you some sort of grief, it's usually not usually, but in many cases, you have to forgive someone else. Right. And you also have to forgive yourself for maybe playing with that or allowing or not stepping into your power. So forgiveness is really freeing. It doesn't mean that you're giving someone a ticket or you're saying that it's okay that someone did something to you. Uh, but it's a dance. And usually when we can feel more empowered, we generally won't have that interaction again, the more that we step into our power. So, um, um, that process, Hopa Oh No No, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, has been really transformational for me too. I love that. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, that I guess Isis wanted us to really make that point. Um, I think a lot of us are, are, you know, transmuting and working with our emotional nature and forgiveness and. Um, you know, a lot of talk around ascending, but in order to ascend, in order to be higher vibrational, we have to work through these other. Um, as you mentioned, lower vibrational energies. It's all beneficial, but right now we're working through them and we're learning how to use them to our benefit. Yeah, and that doesn't mean like lower frequencies are going to stop popping up or you're not going to be in that system anymore. I think people think just because they started eating a vegan diet and doing yoga every day and they don't get mad anymore that they've like somehow transcended through um, experiencing things like grief and sadness, even shame and guilt. Um, Those things are going to pop up. So even if you're on your A game and you feel like I've been doing the work, like I got my rituals down, all this, um, those things will still pop up. And that doesn't necessarily mean that like your work isn't working, so to speak. Um, But it's just, how do you apply it? Well, you're going to apply it by facing these quote unquote demons again, or by going back to that space of like darkness or um, trial. I love that. Yeah. Just because you've (laughs) been doing the work doesn't mean you won't get Saturn Pluto transits. (laughs) (laughs) The universe is going to keep delivering the blows, but to show us that, you know, we are capable, we can do this. Yes. 
what would what would be the point of doing all of this work and spending all of this time if it was just like okay well i'm done yeah uh, you know <laughs> like that's my other thing too like don't bet on people who are claiming this you know i'm a healer blah 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 love and light and they haven't even seen the darkness like how do you know the light without that's why these goddesses and their stories are so important because the things that they've gone through, that's how they get to that point of power and to that point of having like, this is how I did it. Yeah. And and the word guru, it translates to bringer from darkness to light. So if you think about these quote, lower frequencies, like being our teachers and, you know, I made a joke about this in the last podcast we recorded but don't pray for wisdom and not expect to be dragged (laughs) (laughs) trust me been there done that yeah um but yeah these um these quote lower vibrations anger sadness the injustices and you know it's all product of duality too as we we keep going back to is that you know a lot of times we are so in our own heads and we don't always realize that even if we think that we're doing good for ourselves and others, it can also have a negative effect. And we just don't know because we're all having our own unique experience and that's duality. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we can be each other's teachers. And it, it, it's painful and ecstatic. It's a oh, painful yeah. and ecstatic dance that we do as human beings. It's a it's a purification that we're going to uh, or going through. And it's like with all of the 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 complex teachings and the rituals, it's really I feel purifying us to come back to the very simple things, kindness, compassion, love, understanding. So, you know, if you if you look at someone that has gone through a lot of darkness, they have this tenderness to them. They don't judge people as easily. They're not as critical because they've been to those spaces before. So we're just, I feel, coming back down to those core things that really are going to create more unity. Um, and, and the compassion and the love and the kindness and all of that is essential to ourselves. And, and if we um, demonstrate that to other people, too. Yeah. I'm choosing it. I'm choosing <laughs> compassion. Yeah. So. Me, too. <laughs> yeah. That feels good. Yeah. Okay. So thank you, Isis, for... That message. Bring, yeah, yeah. That download. She... I... um. Is there anything like... I know we usually talk about, oh, like what's coming up next? But we kind of already did that in the episode we uh, <laughs> did. So I want to ask a different type of question as our like closing out. Great. Um, what how do we plan to like use that energy of the information that she just gave us how do we plan to kind of what lower vibration maybe do we plan to work with and utilize right now to transmute in our own lives yeah we can take a second to think about that what are we transmuting yeah because when this episode airs i think we'll be right in the middle of eclipses so so um I was pulling a card connecting with um, Stephanie's intention and the card is divine sisterhood community of the spiritual sisters and brothers of the light. And I think that um, in all that we go through and in the challenges that we have with other people who can trigger us or that have 
brought us some sort of grief or our abusers and all of those things. It's very touchy, right? Because we can say these are lessons and this is to bring us wisdom, but it's painful and it's it's messy and, and this is not to gloss over any of that. But ultimately what we're doing is just our best to have more self-love and to rely on each other and to be supportive of each other. And I know that sounds a little bit cliche, like, oh, everybody just love everyone. But really, um, we can't make it out successfully um, if we feel like the world is against us uh, or if we don't feel part of a community. Those are innate things that we want. We want to feel understood. We want to feel seen. We want to feel connected. We want to feel like we can share our wins. And we want to feel like we can also share those times where we feel broken. So a lot of this healing that we're going through is to build stronger communities so that we don't feel isolated and we don't feel alone. Yeah. I love that that's the card that that popped up. Um, the divine. <laughs> and coming to the light. Like we just talked about that, you know, it's like where we're going to find community like yes is in those moments of like darkness and those people who are there for us when we are in those moments of darkness but you don't have to like be all up on somebody and spending all this time with them to wish them love like it could be somebody that you just genuinely don't fuck with and you can still wish them love in whatever it is that they're doing and still keep a separation we're not saying like oh love to everybody means we all gotta like hold hands and do ring around the rosy together like unrealistic but that doesn't mean that we can't wish well for others and whatever their path is and that they themselves come to the light even if they are say somebody who's caused us great trauma and harm right because often when people are causing harm it's because they've been harmed oh yeah for sure yeah i'm gonna read the just the first paragraph it says in community that is based in equality respect healthy boundaries and personal freedom with a mutual desire for spiritual growth and honoring of our innate wisdom, great miracles occur. You are a part of this community of light. At one time, it existed only in the spiritual worlds, yet now it is being born on the earth. It is part of your destiny to help create and nurture a conscious community that empowers all of its members and is based in truth. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Which side note, we say amen because... Amun was the uh, deity of worship in ancient Egypt. <laughs> Amun-Ra. That's Amun where Ra. we get yeah. that from. That not that funny? If you're like, oh, Sun- man. Like, <laughs> no idea what they're saying. Wait, We're worshiping just- Egyptian sun gods when we say that. <laughs> did Stephanie just hit that note? Like- <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> album dropping soon. My gospel album. <laughs> hey, we're going to church Sunday. Bless you. I want to hear you like hit that note with the choir. <laughs> I mean, I was in like a, a children's choir when I was little. Wow. Had no idea. Yeah, well, I was big up in the church. <laughs> I was always searching for something. It just, you know, took a while to get here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Love it. All right. So I feel good. I feel so good. I, I feel like this was a therapy session for me also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah, I needed I needed a lot of what was said. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And coming to, so I had some aha moments. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I hope, I hope everybody does. And uh, Stephanie reminded me that um, not everyone gets my personal love. Yeah. Some people get my personal love. Other people get my universal love. Yeah. So it can be, like you said, it can be different. It is very different. Yeah. We confuse it. There's different aspects of love. So, you know, don't confuse them all. 
<laughs> I, you know, I say I love you to my friends. That doesn't mean the same as like this intense romantic love that I may have for someone else, which is also different from the love I have for, you know, my enemies and whoever mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. All right. Y'all. I just want to say thank you to all set for allowing us to come together and um, I just pray that for those of you that are looking for the Divine Mother that you will feel her presence uh, because I, I think that it's healing for a lot of us right now. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. We're all about to be mothers. Oh, my God. Oh, my, oh God. my God. We're all mothers. <laughs> Catherine's like, oh, gosh. We're mothers, y'all. <laughs> I'm about to have a little one. Oh, so I love exciting. that there's like these like secret. We're starting to sync up in other ways than just like women normally talk about syncing up. Yeah. Like, fuck the period. Like, we all moved at the same time. We did. We, I like, know. Craziness. Now we're all about to be mom. Let's see what else we could do together. Shoot. Ooh, make I'm that money. Hey. Sacred sisterhood. Yes, divine sisterhood. That's yeah. why she gave us that card. Woo. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in with us on The Fallen Fruit. You can connect with us on Instagram at The Fallen Fruit Podcast. And please give us a follow. And if you like what you hear, please share with your other friends who might yeah. also like this kind of material. Yeah, A free gift for Christmas is just sending along some podcast recommendations that will really piss off your conservative family members. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs>